In this episode, we're going to look at a few common deceptive statements and behaviors people may exhibit may help you understand deception. Identify it a little more easily. Just remember that why all lies are deception, not all deception are lies. And the purpose of this is to look for the true motives, meetings, feelings, and beliefs behind things people say and do. This way we can help plan and strategize how to react to that or how to change things in the future in order to change their impression of us or maybe to get them to tell us the truth or to understand where and when they're being deceptive and whether or not it's outright lying or they're just doing it for societal reasons, social norms, or just to be professional. So deceptive behaviors, that's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. So you got an STD. That's what happened. You realize based on the time frame of infection, there's probably really only two people where you could have got that STD because there's only two people you've been in that kind of contact with. You have a planned conversation. You call both of them and you tell them as calmly as you can the same thing that I wanted to make you aware. I was at the doctor. I was tested. I've tested positive for this STD and I wanted to make sure that you were aware of it. And that is pretty much what you say. Both individuals that you talk to separately get upset. Very upset. Maybe even yell a little bit. The first one yells at you, saying, what are you doing, accusing me? I didn't give that to you. What are you trying to say? And the second one, upset and yells, says, oh my God, I need to go get tested now. Do you know how long you've had it? You might have got me infected. And those are the two conversations. The thing is, while without further evidence, there's no way to definitively say it, more than likely the first person's a liar. When presented in the manner which it is, information to make you aware of, and the first person gets defensive, they're being accused when they're clearly not, whereas the second one is concerned for their own well-being. Asking questions like, how long have you had it? You may have given it to me. Justifiably upset. Very likely is the truthful person. So one thing to be careful of is to make sure that when you bring things up, it's best not to accuse. When you make accusations, people become defensive. Problem with that is, a great deal of the time, it's because you accuse them. Additionally, once they're in a defensive mode, it can be difficult to ascertain anything about what they're saying, and you've put them there. But when you can provide them information, like in this story, where it's just want to make you aware, I tested positive today for this STD, and you keep it simple like that. You don't tell them why you're calling. You don't say, hey, whatever. You let them draw their own conclusions. Then the defense that kicks in probably is deception, whereas the other person is justifiably concerned for their own health. Let's say you provide something to somebody. This could be just a gift. You weren't sure what to do. It's kind of an odd situation. Maybe it's a kid. Kid brings, brings up the gift they gave to mom. Or maybe there's an idea you had in a meeting. And afterwards, you ask somebody, maybe it is your boss, maybe it isn't, somebody that would have an opinion that matters to you. And you say, what did you think of that? And they say, you know what, I like that, I like that a lot. Okay, that's a good answer. Another answer, you know, that was very nice, you did a good job, very well done. Those both sound very good. However, the person being truthful in that one is the first one, here's why. They're taking ownership 
of the positive reinforcement they're bringing in that statement. They are essentially making the statement, reading between the lines that the second person did or the second response did of you did a good job, or maybe they don't know if you did a good job, but they're saying they liked it. They probably actually did because they're taking ownership. The second one is giving you positive reinforcement statements to make you believe that you did well. And they may be very well telling you the truth, that it was nice, that you did do a good job. But that doesn't mean they liked it. That's why it's deception and why not all deception are lies. They can be telling you the truth. They're just not telling you they didn't like it or they're they're not going to consider it or they're not going to pick it or that was the wrong gift to give mama. So just be careful to remember that there's reasons why people respond in which the way they do, but understand that when they don't take ownership of a positive or a negative statement about you, about something you've done, something you've said, some sort of reinforcement, there's probably not truthful or as complete of an answer of truthfulness as you're actually looking for. It could also just be an outright lie. Another way that's also checked quite often is one of the things that's done with handwriting, looking for deceptive statements, is the way in which people use pronouns. So like in handwriting, let's say you're writing a story, a statement, something that's happened. Like let's say it's your testimony, but you're writing it out and you use the word I as a me, myself, and I. Referring to yourself because you don't talk about yourself in the third person. One of the things that's looked at in there is when you write the letter I, they look at the space after I to the next word and they compare it to not only spaces between other words, but spaces between other pronouns, other people in the story. Because one of the ways we distance ourselves in a story is by physically distancing the spaces after I to the next word can be an indicator of deception. Other things, too, are the way in which people talk. So let's say somebody goes out, wife and husband go out, for example. They talk about what we did. Very common. They're like, yeah, we got home from the store and made dinner for the kids, and then the sitter got there. So we got ready to go, and we got out a little late, but that was okay. And We got to the bar, and we had a couple drinks, and then we went in and saw the show. And then after the show... We went over to the restaurant for dinner, and that was really nice, and A, B, and C happened. And then we went over to go dancing, and then afterwards, he took me home. All of a sudden, it went from we to he, indicates there was probably some sort of a problem, assuming it's told in that simplistic of a matter. Becomes more obvious, as I mentioned, a married couple who like lives together, going from we to he, but hey, it could have been two people on a date that don't even live together because a common way that could answer is instead of saying we took me home, could have been we went back to my place, we talked for a minute, kissed me goodnight, or we kissed, then off you went. That'd be just as normal, but in this situation, here's all the things we did, and then all of a sudden he did this without specifically saying something negative happened, just something normal. Indicates There probably is a problem there. Something probably happened. We're probably being deceptive about our story of the evening. can be completely telling 100% truth, but not all the facts. This is why it's another example of deception while not lying. Another thing is to look at the uh, euphemisms. Euphemisms can indicate a lot. They can indicate concern over how a person's going to react, and they could also indicate deception. Now, 
how do we figure this out? Well, I had this happen with a couple of girls I dated that talked about guys they had hung around with or were friendly with in the past and typically isolate an individual out of a group that's present. They want to specifically point out that one person, but the use euphemism like, we hung out together, we were friendly. When what they're really saying is that they dated. The other thing is the context in which it's coming out. So if they're not as forward with it, or they per se get caught or they are forward with it. I stopped over with a friend I used to be friendly with, I used to hang out with. And they say it as friend and they say it as a generalist term. It's because they think you're going to react badly or they're hiding something. Now, whether or not you continue to ask questions is up to you, but that can indicate a lot. If they immediately get into offensive mode, like a girl I recently dated about a year ago, year and a half ago, you can find out with very little effort that, in fact, they're kind of sketchy in their social behaviors or as we call them in the military, a barracks whore. Whereas somebody who's not too concerned with that would be more forthright, and that's a bigger thing. The other thing, too, is are you the type of person, whether you think so or not, that based on things that have happened, you get extremely jealous or overreact to situations? You know, when you, Are you asking questions because you're curious, you want to see what they're going to say, or do you always ask questions? If you're always trying to figure out where they're at, always trying to get them to check in, always worried about what they're doing as though they're messing around cheating on you. Not only are you probably doing something, or have some issues of some type. But that'd be more likely why they wouldn't say it. But most of the time, when you don't have those extreme situations, the reason a person uses euphemisms is to hide something. Doesn't mean they're doing something wrong. It's deception. It could still be because they're afraid of your reaction, especially if it's like a newer, say a newer dating situation. But if it's been going on for a while, especially if you already think there's some concerns there, then there's concerns that their euphemism is because they're hiding something that they are doing that they don't want to give you indication on. And the thing is, it's totally subconscious. People don't always think about the words that they use. So that's definitely something to look forward to, which I don't really mean, but I mean, look out for these things. Don't look forward to them. Look out for them and then see when you bring things up that without saying a question, a very general statement, just like the beginning story about having an STD, do they go just straight into being defensive? Then they're probably definitely doing something wrong and trying to protect it. And I'm sure you've ran into those people before. One thing to know about ourselves that can help with either how we may display deceptive behaviors, which I mean, people could take them that way, and that's not really what's going on. Or we might interpret things as deceptive is based on standard nervousness. Nervousness leads to many other things like frustration, anxiety, stress, all kinds of things. Whatever title you want to put on it, when you look at nervousness, be honest with yourself about what you know things make you uncomfortable, nervous, make you feel awkward, make you feel frustrated, make you feel anxious, unappreciated, anything like that, that you know happens and actually you're focused on it so much it could cloud your judgment, even if you don't know that it did. Those are the things to watch out for because when that happens, we tend to take things more seriously. So if we have a situation, we're upset, we're frustrated, we haven't dealt with that thing from work and we thought we did. We go out to dinner with friends. They make a joke they would normally make that you would throw right back at them, but you get pissed. It's because you already are dealing with something and you haven't dealt with it. Or let's say it's the same thing. You're not dealing with anything. It's just you happen to be in a place that you don't like the way it's set up. You don't like the amount of people who are there and how many people are bumping into you. Then you start to take things more seriously. The other thing is it causes not only to have bad reactions, just like you might take people's statements a certain way you normally wouldn't have when you're feeling completely normal, you may display things that come across as threatening or deceptive. 
or unappealing or closed off that you don't normally mean to. So that's something to be aware of that because if you can identify anything you know about people or any indications, anything they're doing when they're throwing deception your way, especially with body language, what is it about them that might make them nervous? Can I find out anything? Can I have a different conversation? Can I stop trying to get information? Just get to know them and find out, will they tell me there's something they don't like about this, which I've seen happen on dates before. And they're like, well, I agreed to meet you here because you'd mentioned this thing you like. I just don't like this kind of thing. And I'm really sorry. Right thing to do is, hey, let's get out of here. Let's go over to this other place you'd feel more comfortable in. That gives you a chance to get to know a person have follow on dates. But you find out that there's nothing about you. It's about the situation. It causes them to have certain feelings that was given off these signs that you may have misinterpreted if you didn't know what to look for or how to find out more information. Because we've got to remember, when information is presented, no matter what it is, even if it's negative, especially if it's negative, when information is presented, no matter how we get it, Typical responses are to confront it, ignore it, or to get more information. Most people never get past the first two or even think about it. First, they think about confronting it. That goes back to earlier. Confrontation causes people to be defensive. And what happens when you're wrong? Well, you could lose a friend. You could kill a relationship, lose a business partner, lose a deal. You could be looked at a person who's jealous, who's got all kinds of issues. You could be looked at as unprofessional. There's a big risk there to go straight with confrontation. Now, you could ignore it, maybe. If you're keeping close tabs on it, it's something you can control, make sure it doesn't hurt you to see if somebody hangs themselves on their own rope, possibly. But generally, ignoring it, you'll forget about it. You won't pay attention to it. Something bad will happen that you could have foreseen. So really, the best option is always try to get more information, which is why we actually see it in movies a lot and people don't do it in real life. People go on a date, just like I said. Somebody's showing all these signs and statements and things and make it look they're not interested in that person. No matter what the script says, there's always ones where somebody says, what is wrong? Is there something you don't like here? And the person becomes very honest and doesn't say anything about the date because they could have just left and just say, I'm uncomfortable because of this. And you're like, oh, let's go to this other place because they got more information. Whereas if they just ignored it, it wouldn't have gone well anyway because the person was uncomfortable. If they'd have confronted them about it, even mildly, and said, is there something I'm doing wrong? Well, what a lot of people see that is you making it about yourself and not focused on their issue. And then you look like a jerk and then that doesn't go right. So there's all kinds of reasons why you want to seek out more information. I picked these examples to remind you to get away from the idea that deception is lying. All lying is deception, but not all deception by far is lying. Omission is not a lie. Half truth is a whole lie. That's philosophy. We're looking at simple facts, trying to figure things out. We do so by getting more information and making assessments. This is just another way to bring back the discussions of deception, bring back the discussions of body language, yet tie into our most recent one about the open source challenge. Because while we were getting that information digitally off the internet and research and not talking to somebody, we still have to maintain those same ideas about understanding information, how to figure out its veracity, how to cross-reference it, and how to get more information. More information is always better than just reacting. We only react if we absolutely have to, if it's a survival situation, or we have enough information we think we can effectively make a decision that's probably in our best interests, which may or may not work. So more information is better. Not all deception is lying. And when you think you see it, just be careful how you react. Try to get more information. Try to get them to talk themselves out of a corner. Try to get them to say the things that you need to hear so you can figure out the best way to proceed, whether it's to keep something going forget about it, or to shut it down completely. 
If you like this episode, don't forget us a like, share, heart, whatever your platform is using, and make sure you let people know you think will enjoy this material. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're at. And don't forget to check out the show notes and check out dmrpublications.com. And we will be back again shortly with more information right here on Grayman, Hiding in Plain Sight.